Pastor Keith has a super awesome uh, series, and I'm so honored that he would allow me to come and pastor, preach this message in this series. It's a really, really good uh, message. Let's go ahead and go to Genesis 1, 3, 1 through 9. The name of the series is Three Questions. Genesis 3, 1 through 9, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals and the Lord, that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the fruit of any tree in the garden? Of course you may eat from the fruit of any tree in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that you are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Y'all keep in mind, Satan's a liar. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced she saw the, that the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious, and she watched the, what wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breeze were, were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord, hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called out to the man, Where are you? The first question is, did God really say attacks the authority of the Word of God? Last week we talked about did God really say, and the reality is that us as humans, we tend to want to not, we tend to want to believe that, you know, he, he may have said it or it may be in the Bible, but it doesn't apply to me. So the reality is, did God really say? Did God say, this is the truth? And we covered that last week, and this week it, we're going to cover the second question. Where are you invites us into a personal evaluation of our lives. God never asks a question because he doesn't know the answer. He asks a question to get us to evaluate our lives. Rick, where are you? He knows where I am. He needs me to know where I am. So today we're going to ask, we're going to be answering some questions and evaluate where we are. Now keep in mind, this is not for your husband or your wife or your kids or anybody else. God's asking you, where are you? There is a time for everything. Set times determine set places. Set times determine set places. When you're not where you're supposed to be, something is wrong. Your position 
reveals your condition. Your position reveals your condition. Second Samuel 11.1. 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when the kings go out to battle that David sent Joab, his servant, with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Now where was David supposed to be? It just said right there a little earlier, he was supposed to be at the battle. And as you read and go a little further, David, because he was not where he was supposed to be at the time that he was supposed to be there, ends up sleeping with a married woman, Bathsheba. He ends up in a web of lies and ultimately has her husband killed. Now, this is a husband that was loyal to, to him and loyal to the kingdom. He tried to get... He tried to get him to go home during the battle, and he was, his loyalty was so good, he wouldn't even go home. So why does God cry out to us, where are you? Because we get so blinded by sin, just like David, that we think, yay, this sin's going to be so fun. <clears throat> I'm going to have such a good time. But we don't think about the price we had to pay for that sin. See, David lost his child. He cried and he cried and he cried for days. It isn't worth it. And I promise you why David was down there on his face crying not one time did he say to himself, you know what, Bathsheba was worth it. I bet you he didn't say that because he was convicted. So the reason that God calls out to us is where are you is because he wants us to keep, we, get, we let sin get in, man. It doesn't have to be as bad as what David was into. Sin still gets in there, and we get distracted, and different things happen. God wants us to ask ourselves today, where are we? Spiritually, where are you? Spiritually, where are you? When it's quiet time, where are you? Luke 5, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. How does God speak to us? Through his word. And God met Adam in the cool of the day, and he walked with him, and he talked with him, and they hung out. That's why, that's why God's in the garden going, hey, Adam, where are you at? Because they had a set appointed time in the cool of the day where they came together and he actually got to fellowship with God. God took a walk with Adam. Well, the first time sin entered, what happened? Adam didn't show up to his appointment. Your quiet time is your walk in the garden with God. 
You know, and when we get saved, man, we get in the Word, and we start really studying, and we, we really spend time with God. But the question today is, is God calling out your name, saying, where are you? Are you meeting him in that garden? Do you have that quiet time still, or has life got so busy that you don't have time for God no more? Where are you, Rick? Oh, man, I got up this morning. I had to see what was happening on Facebook first. You know, I got all this TV going on. I need to watch TV or check my emails. Listen, if God speaks to you through his word... Is he calling out your name today saying, where are you? Because you know what? He wants a relationship with us. Man, we're not in a religion here. This is the least religious church I know. We're not about religion. We're about being in a relationship with God. Well, I tell you what, if you don't spend no time with your wife, that relationship ain't going to go well. Well, it ain't this the same thing with God. So is God saying to you, because every one of you know whether you had your quiet time or not. Are you making it to your set time and your set place and spending time with God? Or is he crying out your name saying, where are you? Are we really telling him, God, I really got all these things going on. I don't have time for you anymore. Spiritually, where are we? Where are we? When it's church time, where are you? Acts 2 verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. Acts 2 46 they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and, I love this word, generosity. Generosity. I love generosity. Verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Is God saying, where are you when it comes to church? Notice in verse 47, he says, the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved. Listen, I just want you to know, church is not a building. When you get up in the morning and you say, I'm going to a church, you're not going to a location. We can have church under trees, out in the woods, in a barn, doesn't matter. Church is the people. What it takes is a revelation of understanding that you are a part of the church. You're not just going to a building. You might go to a church building, but you're the church. When we receive that revelation, it says right here in verse 47 that God is adding people to being saved. Is that not important? That people are getting saved? Well, for that to happen, we have to come to a place to where we understand I'm not driving to a building. I'm going to be a part of something today. You're a part of something. You're the church. You're the flavor on this earth. 
You bring flavor. You're salt. You're the salt of this earth. That's who you are. And when we walk in that, guess what happened? God adds salvation. God brings people to get saved, but only when we're the salt of the earth. If, I, if nobody gets saved in here anymore, we're off, we're off course. Then we're just hanging out. That's a reunion or something. Because you know what? That's not what we're called to. We're called to be the church. So we have to come to a revelation when God says, when it's church time, where are you at? When you walk in here, just understand you're bringing a piece of that church because you are a piece of it. Smile. Love on somebody. Enjoy. Have a good time. Let the world see what it's like to be a Christian. Let them see. We need to walk in that kind of revelation because I like verse 47, and people are getting saved. Now, I understand 3,000. Well, and people are getting added daily. Now, let's face it. I'm just trying to get you to be the church seven days a week, really. Truth be known, seven days a week. When it's ministry time, where are you? This is God crying out to you today. This is a self-evaluation we're doing today. When it's ministry, you know, you evaluate by asking yourself questions. When it's ministry time, where are you? John 13, verse 12. <coughs> My favorite verse. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Y'all forgive me. Favorite verse in the whole, th whole Bible. After washing their feet, he put on the robe again, sat down, and asked, Do you understand what I just did for you? Now, they didn't. We do today, I hope. John 13, 50, I've given you this as an example. Do as, as I have done. Folks, I just want you to know you're part of a church, but you're also part of a church that's trailblazers. This is a trailblazing church. I'm not saying we're any better than any other church in town. Man, there's a lot of church doing a lot of good things. But let me tell you something. Liberty Church is not afraid to go where nobody has been before. That's what you're a part of. And now, when you start talking about trailblazing, you're talking about entering some areas that nobody's been you may look around and think, well, you know, I really can't see that. Great. See, some of these trails that we've been down, there's been a ton of resistance. There's been briars. Somebody's had to get in there and cut the briars out of the way to make that trail that we're on right now. And there's been thistles, and it's been hot summers and cold winters. So keep in mind, when you see some of the things that are going on, somebody has went ahead and they have cleared that trail. There's been people rose up and tried to take everybody out. And somebody has resisted that. Well, here's the thing. We're just getting started There's a lot of trails that still need to be blazed.
There's a lot of areas that we have not tapped into yet. And I just want to let you know, that's a lot of work. It's hard work, and them briars cut you up, and people jump out of the woods, try to cut your feet off and everything else. But there's trails that have not been blazed, and you're a part of that church. So in the reality is, you know, what is uh, uh, where you at at ministry time? Understand this. Some of those trails are yours. Some of those trails. See, you stand on a trail now, and this is what you're able to do. You're able to go, look at that pretty flower over there. Look at that pretty flower. Well, you couldn't even see that flower when it got started. Couldn't see no flowers because somebody had to get in there and blaze a trail. You're a part of that church. You're a part of a trailblazing church. And you know what? There's a lot of areas that ain't been blazed yet. There's a lot of briars. There's a lot of, a lot of areas we need to go. God's called us to everybody. Everybody. That's what we're called to. So uh, when it's ministry time, where are you? I'm just asking. Let me, give you, let me go on and hit what I always hit anyway. Even though it doesn't change nothing, I still like to bring a little bit of conviction in this area. Probably shouldn't like it. I just like it. If, you get, if you've been at this church for a little while, I mean, you know it's a working church, right? They're going to get after it. You standing around five minutes, somebody's like, hey, man, come on, let, get over here and help me. <laughs> for sure, that happens at Liberty. Uh. But let me ask you something. Uh, when we have an event or something or anything like that, are you rolling in there and enjoying the event and rolling out? Because I'm sorry, somebody's got to clean it up. Should be you. I'm just saying. Should be you. It's always somebody thinks somebody else is going to do it. Who else? You're supposed to do it. Well, we're going to stay around. So I'm just going to say, if you're really into ministry... If Jesus Christ going to get down and get his knees dirty and wash some stinky feet, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be happy with you just enjoying an event and leaving and at least take a bag of trash with you, man. Pick up some trash. That's what ministry's all about. It ain't all tiptoeing in the tulips all the time, but you know what? That work's worth it because people get saved. People get to see the gospel. Now, if you're not saved in here today, I ain't talking to you, man. Enjoy the ride. In fact, I want to pick up your trash. I want to be the one that picks up your trash. But I also want to get you saved today before you leave, so next week, get your butt to work. Just saying. Get to work. No. I want to pick up your trash. I do. But listen, I mean, are we ministering? What, what all is ministry? Ministry is giving somebody an encouraging word. Are we encouraging people? Are we blowing in and blowing by people so fast that we're not even spending time with them and loving on them? Man, that ain't church, brothers, sisters. That ain't church. 
That's not what church is all about. So I'm asking God, is God asking you where you're at when it comes to ministry time? Well, I ain't called to ministry. Well, you ain't saved then. Again, we're going to come to the end of this thing and I'll get you saved. Uh, I don't care if you've been going to church 85 years. If you're saved, really, God's called you to minister. You might not be called to right here, but you've been called to love people. Period. That's what we're here to do. We're supposed to love our enemies. Much less those we go to church with, right? I mean, I know some of them are our enemies, but still. No, I'm just kidding. Point being, where are you when it's ministry time? Where are you? Relationally, where are you? Relationally, where are you? <coughs> Y'all forgive me. I put I, I struggle with workaholism. Let me get some water. I pushed myself way too hard yesterday in that sun, and I feel like I've been hit with a hammer. But it's leaving my body, so thank God. Let me cough it on up. When it's family time, where are you? I struggle big in this one. Because I'm always like, let's get it done. Let's get over and get it done. Let's hurry up. Let's get it done. Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know why I just feel like saying this right now. I wasn't even going to. If you live in my house... I don't care if you're 95 and you ain't one of my kids. You go be at church Sunday. And I just want to say, I have people say to me, well, if I make them go to church, they ain't going to want to go when they get older. Uh, if, you don't let, if you don't make them, they still ain't going to want to go, so at least make them go and get some, is what I say. You know, as for you and your house, we're going to church. We're going we're gonna to learn about God. So I don't know who that's for right there, but let me just say, making your kids go to church is not a bad thing, and it's not going to make them hate church. It's going to hate church anyway if they're going to hate it. Get in here, might make some friends and be okay. We are to model what it means to be a Christian to our families in every way. So I, here's the thing. <clears throat> Are we praying together as a family, even at the restaurant with 35 people watching us? Where are you? Do we even pray? Because, you know, if we believe God's word, he's telling us to pray. Man, listen, family time's about modeling what God is and who he is. Modeling what it looks like to be a Christian. So I'm just going to say now, if you're, if you're somebody that comes to church and then goes home and you're a totally different person, there's a lot of people in Celebrate Recovery because of that. It'd be better you just didn't even go to church. Either be what you're supposed to be or don't. You can't come to church and look all pretty and go home, beat your family, cuss, Raise Cain, that ain't reality, that ain't the truth, that ain't how it is. 
And if you ain't saved and you're doing that, at the end of this message, we'll say about giving a salvation call on that. But really, what does it mean? What does it mean for your family, for you to model what it's like? That doesn't mean you got to be perfect, man, because, shoot, if we was perfect, wouldn't nobody be in here? You know what I'm saying? I don't know perfect people. We're messed up. But, you know, we need, to, we need to model what it means to run to God. I'll give you an example. Kissing boo-boos. Now, I'm all about kissing boo-boos. I think, you know, mama has that special kiss. But pray for that knee, too. Pray for a skint knee and then kiss the boo-boo. And that allows the children to see, you know what, God cares about my skint knee. How many of us are growing up in church and our kids don't even know how much God really loves them? Don't even know that you can talk to God? Don't even know that he's a real person right here cares about me loves me and i'm a real stupid person so he loves he loves real not smart people but you know that's the reality of what god wants when it says when is your you know where are you at when it's family time listen are we really teaching our kids what to do are we teaching them to have a quiet time are we teaching them? I'm, I got the struggles in this area, so I ain't just preaching to you, man. I'm preaching to myself. I got to pick it up. This thing convicted me. Another thing about family time. <coughs> Come on out of there. Sorry. Forgive me, Internet people. It's a whole lot worse in here. I mean, these are some hard questions for us today to see where we are. You know, family time is uh, caring about what your kids care about. You know, the Avengers, Infinity Wars. Is that just me? Doesn't everybody like Infinity Wars? That's some weird endings. But it's also about <clears throat> modeling what it's like. The reality is that your family needs to know that, hey, we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to talk to God. We need to talk to him. So I'm asking you, if you're not doing that, step it up. Step it up. God's asking, where are you? When it's fun time, where are you? Another struggle of mine. The rest of the message is for me, but y'all are welcome to set in on it. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 13, And people should eat, drink, and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for this is a gift from God. This is a gift that I do not enjoy, and it's my own fault. And I know it's there, and I need to learn how to enjoy that gift from God. Uh... All I can tell you is I'm all about work, hurry up, let's go, get it done. And I've got to change that thinking. And every now and then I'll stand out in the sun long enough and God has set me down in a chair. You know, and I knew that sun was beating down on me yesterday. 
And I just kept going like, you get another lap, man. We got this. Ain't no breeze or nothing. I'll just keep going, Rick. But I didn't think about when I get home and that air hits me, I'm going to go, whoa, Lord. I'm hurting now. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to feel like somebody hit me twice with a hammer. See, I didn't think about all that. When it's fun time, you know, uh, I'm just not good at that. I really need some help. I need to really, y'all could pray for me about that one. Matter of fact, even when I have a victory, you know, in the ministry or uh, in life, when I get to a place of, of victory and I've overcame it, the first thing I do is go, what's the next thing? Let's move towards the next thing. Let's go, man. Come on. Y'all come on, man. What you doing back there enjoying that victory? Let's get to the next victory. And that's not good. That's not how God wants us to be. But that's something I struggle with big time. I don't have any fun. If you ask me what would my hobby be, I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather enjoy working. But, but, but it's supposed to be fun, you know. I used to go fishing a long, 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 long time ago. And I tried it one other time. And I got out there on the, on the bank, <clears throat> and I threw my old pole. I used to not even care if I caught a fish or anything. I just liked that wind blowing on you, you know. Though here. It's just ain't even about fishing, really. It just felt good. I used to go fishing, and, I mean, I loved it. I got out there. I about went nuts. I was like, man. I got to go. I can't sit here five more minutes. And that's not good. That's a, that's a character defect I have. <clears throat> I'm hoping to overcome. So, you know, you need to have fun. Enjoy. Stop. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the accomplishment of your goals that you're, you're getting to. Don't be a workaholic. Then you get down I ain't there yet, but I'm sure you're going to get down to the end of your life and go, look at all that work I've done, but we didn't enjoy it. Because <laughs> we were working, 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 and we didn't enjoy it. That's not what God wants for us, man. Stop and enjoy the ride. When it's in the intimate time, where are you? <clears throat> when it's intimate time, where are you? 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. The husband should fulfill the wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives, her, gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to fasting and prayer. Rather, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Notice in verse 5 it says, so Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So look, I'm talking to married people here. Lots and lots of 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. I mean, really, as husbands, what we should do is we ought to have that hanging all over the house, man. 
1 Corinthians 7 a day, keep Satan away. We ought to go buy a nice little bookmark to put in the, in the Bible for the wife with that all there. Just keep her reminded, you know. Hey, you know, moving on. <laughs> Financially, where are you? Financially, where are you? When it's work time, where are you? 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. <clears throat> For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall they, he eat. We don't live by that anymore. At least not around here. Colossians 3, verse 22 through 24. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when you are when they are watching you serve them sincerely because of the reverent fear of the lord 23 work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the lord rather than for people that's that's one to remember remember that the lord will give you an inheritance as you reward as your reward and that the master of our the master you are serving is Christ. I think we forget verse 23 a lot of times when we go to work. When you work in the world, when you work in the world, they do not work like we do. They'll take credit for work you did. Uh, in fact, if you are really, really working hard, they're going to call you a brown noser anyway. Work as though you're working for the Lord. I don't care if you make $5 an hour or $500 an hour, your work ethic should be the same. That shouldn't change based off of how much you make. That's number one. And one, uh, one other thing that I hear all the time is, hey, man, I work around people that cuss all day. Great. You work around people that cuss all day? You're right where God wants you to be. A light around a bunch of other lights is just a shinier light. So when you're around people that cuss all day, and you know, don't get so offended at cussing. First of all, you know, y'all cuss every now and then. Well, not everybody in here. Almost everybody, though. Y'all let one slip yourself. But you know, when you get around people that cuss, know you're in the right place, man. That's the place you need your light shining. The other thing I hear is I heard around, I, I'm around negative people all day. Now that's a toughie, but just think of how bad it would be if you weren't bringing positive into that workplace. How bad would it be if you weren't there? What about that? You're the one to take the positive into the workplace. So when you get around people that cuss, let me just say, as a Christian, no matter how funny the dirty joke is, you can't laugh at it. Because you got to set the example, right? So don't laugh at the joke. But no, man, you're a liar. I'm, we, don't, we ain't going to just jump up in there and start beating people over the head. 
But what you want negative people to see is what it's like to walk around with a smile. They're negative because that's their heart. That's what's in their heart is negative. And you know what? That stuff coming out of their mouth, showing what's in their heart, uh, if, if you live in their minds, that's a terrible life they live. To walk around negative all the time, terrible life they have to live. But you, if you'll bring some positive to your workplace, and when the opportunity comes, man, deliver that gospel. But at the very least, be the Bible they're reading. Smile. Quit going to work saying, I can't stand working around these people cussing all day. I have them sometimes say, hey, they keep using God's name in vain. I'm not about it, but you know what? God can take up for himself, man. Just chill. Bring the gospel. We're called to carry the gospel out into the world. Don't forget, we're the salt of the earth. We're bringing flavor to the earth. And I bet you if you remain in there positive long enough, whole environment will change. Whole environment. You'll change that environment. Right? But you know what? Here's the thing. You can't get up in the morning and go, oh, I got to go to work. I got to go be around them cussers all day. <laughs> now, you know you're watching movies with that stuff, in it. They cussing on some of them movies. Don't bother you then, or it might bother you, but you keep watching. You are a light shining in the darkness. Is God asking where are you at at your workplace? Because you sitting nowhere being quiet and keeping to yourself, putting in some earbuds so you don't hear nothing, and just... Or are you being a light, man? Be a light. Be the church, right? Be the church. Be the church. When it's tithes and offerings, where are you? When it's tithes and offerings, where are you? 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 10 says, but this I say, who, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each of us give as, we, as he proposes in our heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to the food, bread for food, supply the, and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. All right. I found in the Bible where actually you're supposed to give 85% of your income. All right, I'm lying. But now 10% don't sound that bad, does it? (laughs) 
That ten percent sounded like a lot till I was supposed to come out here. Well, you're supposed to give 85. It ain't about the percentage, really. But you need to start at 10. But it actually says uh, what you pur purpose in your heart. The truth is on your, uh, on your evaluation, this is where God really brings you to a place of evaluation. This is where he really brings you because you know what? You either believe God's word or you don't if you pull that money out and pay them tithes like you're supposed to. Because, I mean, this is where you, get, you can evaluate your heart real easy because, you know, look, God is going down the road. Jesus is walking with his disciples. This dude comes running up and says, hey, man, temple tax. Does Jesus pay his taxes? And Jesus is like, hey, go over and catch that fish, pull out our taxes, and pay our taxes. All right, so... Uh, and he did. He went over and caught the fish and paid the taxes. Guess what? God don't need your money. He don't need our money. I mean, he could just tell any one of us, go over here. You know, if 400 years ago, somebody dropped a big gold coin somewhere. Keep going, let go a little bit this way. There it is. Or he can say, catch a fish. He don't need our money. It's really about a heart condition. It's really the heart condition, really. The reality is, uh, he's, this is what he says. He says, look, I know this is going to be tough for you, so here you go. When you give, I'm going to give back to you more. That's what he says. And this is what he says. He says, I know this is going to be hard, so here's the deal. Try me out in this, he says. Try me out. He said, go ahead and try me out. See if you can outgive me. Now, that's, this is a place of evaluation to where we can really check our hearts and say, did we pay our tithes? Hey, let's take up another offering. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I, I thought maybe we could pass that thing back around just to make sure everything's all right. But the reality is this is where God, uh, man, God has so showed up and showed out in my life. Am I rich? You know I am, because I'm happy. And I mean, I ain't missed a doggone meal one. So God takes good care of us. So when the tithes and offering gets taken up, is God saying to you, where are you? Study it out. Don't just listen to me. Study and see what he says about finances. When it's budget time, where are you? Proverbs 27, 23 through 24. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into it, caring for the herds, for riches won't last forever. Earlier I was talking to married people. Now I'm just talking to broke people. So, y'all hang with me just a minute. Uh, what's one of the things that I'm going to hear or all of us are going to say if you're broke? Man, I can't budget what I don't have. Can't budget no money. Listen, I don't make enough money to pay the bills now, so how am I going to budget that? 
Listen, sit down and do something and adjust and adjust and adjust. Do something. I'm going to share a good start with you. Now, again, this is the start. If you don't have a budget, I just want to share a good start with you. Pay your bills before you get paid. Sit down with a pencil and a piece of paper and write down what you owe. You know how much you're going to bring home. Sit down and pay your bills before you ever get paid. Work out some kind of budget. God wants us to have a budget. You go so much further on a budget. Tell it, there's just something happens. We do tell ourselves, well, I can, you know, I ain't got enough money, all this. When you actually start working a budget, there's more money. I don't know how to explain it. It just happens. So do a budget. Physically, where are you? When it's meal time, where are you at? Shoot, I'm right there on this one now. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. I don't know about y'all, but here's the thing that I, now I'm not, a, I'm not going, I'm not running around eating like a rabbit. I personally don't even think that's healthy. But what I have done is I began to, uh, oh, Lord, i got to hurry. <laughs> Thank you for getting me on time. What I have done is began to eat better, you know, bake it instead of fry it. But also, I'm trying to eat whole foods, some better foods, man. Listen, something you got to think about is it's too easy to eat out now. Now, I'm all about eating out, but you shouldn't eat out 12 times a week, man. That is not good for you. Are you rolling up in there and it's cheaper? <coughs> Come on out of there. <coughs> it is. It's cheaper now to, to eat out. But we used to carry our lunch. I don't nobody carry no lunch no more. Or maybe y'all do. We can't eat out 12 times a week. That's not good for you. Will y'all stand with me? When it's exercise time, where are you? What I do is I tell myself, I say, man, I work so hard, I don't need exercise. Well, actually, your heart muscle is, uh, your heart is a muscle. And you're supposed to get that heart rate up 30 minutes, I think, right? Every day. That's what they told me in first service. I was like, oh, my goodness. Every day? You got to keep his heart strong, though, if you want to live a long time. When it's rest time, where are you? I fail miserably in this area. Because I just struggle with resting, man. I'm always wanting to get something done, always. I'm terrible at resting. It's like I never sit down and rest. And I know it ain't good for you. Where are you tells you how you are. So, where are you? These are great questions that we've been able to ask today. Y'all mind, hey, somebody ain't saved in here. Would y'all bow your heads for just a second?
I believe there's somebody that hadn't really given their life to Christ yet. And I just want to give that person an opportunity to raise their hand right now. In faith, raise your hand and say, that's me you're talking to. I'm ready to give my life to Christ today. Today's my day. Is anybody in this room, God's talking to your heart right now. Raise your hand. I'm not pulling away from it. I feel like God's still knocking on somebody's door. He's beating your chest in right now saying, raise that hand, man. Let's give our life to Christ. Today, is there anybody? Yeah. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Lord, help us live for you. Lead and guide us every day us in any way. Bring us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen.